Hello and welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. On this podcast, we will broadcast messages and lessons from our church. If they bless you, I encourage you to subscribe and rate our channel, as well as you can visit our website, www.springridgechurch.com. If you'd like to communicate, you can send an email to pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we would love to hear from you, where you're listening from. And if you have any questions you'd like to have answered, uh, desire a Bible study, or would like to send us a prayer request, all of those are welcome uh, requests and forms of communication we enjoy. So we hope that the, the podcast bless you. Hope that you will uh, subscribe and become a part of our faithful listening audience. And I know that. How many of you know that today? Matthew chapter 10, beginning with verse 16. Behold, Jesus says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst, in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Read that with me. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Sometimes people get that backwards. But beware of men. Hmm. Preach about that for a minute. Or they will deliver you up to councils. They will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake. For a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought for what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in the same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Somebody say, praise God. And the brother shall deliver up brother to death, and the father, the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents, and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. For the next little while, I, for a title, I'm going to call it Cancel Culture. Cancel Culture. Can we pray in the name of Jesus? We love you today. Help us today. Help us today. Amen. You can be seated. My wife sent me a link the other day. It was a story from WLBT. And it was a picture of maybe the world's largest pothole in Jackson, Mississippi. This doesn't surprise me at all. But in this story, the pothole, it looks like it's 12 by 12 square. It's bigger than half the street. And this isn't in a blighted neighborhood. It doesn't appear a very nice SUV park where you can see in the picture. And, and the houses you see around it look like well-maintained houses. But in 
this picture, there is this huge pothole, and someone has planted a tomato plant right in the middle of that pothole. <laughs> and uh, it, it popped up for some reason. I saw it as I was about to leave my office, and it just occurred to me that is a picture of someone making the best out of a bad situation. There are situations that have happened in our life that are beyond our control. Things that crop up and they put themselves in the front yard of our life. And we have to drive around them coming home. Come on, somebody. And we have to drive around them leaving home. They are in the front of our lives. And sometimes we need to pray for the Lord to help us take control of the things that would try to take control of us. Because if we'll all be honest, we've all got potholes in our yards, in our houses, in our families, in our finances. And if we allow ourselves, we can be dominated by the potholes in our front yard and we'll allow those things to dominate our mind and dominate our conversation and dominate our prayers. And by the help and grace of God, you got to take control over the things that try to take control over you. Plant a tomato plant in the middle of a pothole. And somebody said amen. amen. That's just an appetizer. Cancel culture. We live in a world that this terminology has to become common. A person can say something that is viewed as not acceptable in the current popular culture and they will be canceled. They, they will be uh, eliminated from teams. They will be uh, taken out of office. They, they will cancel uh, contracts. They'll fire you from jobs because of something someone has done that is uh, not considered kosher in the modern mentality, which I'll tell you, modern mentality is absolute nuts. Somebody say amen. amen. But it is my observation, this is not altogether new. People have been canceling people for a very long time. How many of you ever heard the, the terminology throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Amen. I have known people that have had relationships and friendships for decades that they will come to a, a situation or circumstance or conflict, a disagreement, and, and no, ma no matter that they, they, they have spent so much time together and so much good has happened and they can look at this person see how the Lord has used this person in different ways, but because of a single thing, they will choose to erase them out of their life and do everything in their power to uh, discount any good and forget everything because of a few singular situations. They'll cancel them. They've been canceling people a long time. Right. Amen. Sadly, we've seen too much of that in the church. Somebody said amen. And I, I want to admonish you today that we need to be careful that we are not captured by the spirit of cancellation that is in our world. It's not new, it's been around, but we need to be sure that we are not guilty of falling into the spirit of this day to say, well, if you don't agree with me on everything, then I don't have anything to do with you. 
Somebody say, help me, Jesus. I, I do believe that, that we do need to cancel some things, but we need to learn how to use the power of cancellation in a manner that, that reflects the nature of God. God does not cancel people. God cancels deeds. God cancels actions. God cancels sin. Come on, somebody. God is in the cancellation business. Amen. The Bible says, Yea, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as wool. Though they be red like crimson. Come on, somebody. Amen. I, I, I believe that there is something we have to pursue uh, with diligence to recognize it's contrary to our nature, but we need to pursue, rather than a cancellation culture, we need to have a forgiveness and charity in our uh, DNA, not just as a people, but as a person. Right. Celebrate the good. Pray about and seek to have charity on those things of past, present, and future events with people that right now are important to you. You know, rarely do people cancel their family. It does happen. Amen. I, I, I have, I have, uh, uh, I have a few people that I've canceled in my family. <clears throat> I, don't, I didn't cancel them from my prayer list. I didn't cancel them from my heart that I love them. Just cancel them from my life because uh, all the, all they ever bring into my life is trouble and turmoil, and uh, I, I'm ready to have peace when they're ready to quit being fools. Somebody said amen. But I, I truly believe that we have to recognize that, that, that we have an obligation to pursue the spirit of Christ toward our family and toward, you know, you're, never, you're not going to have a happy marriage if you don't learn how to forgive and forget things that happen that are negative in your life. You get married long enough, your spouse is going to hurt your feelings. And all the wives said, Amen. Your spouse is going to forget something. They are going to uh, maybe purposely do something. They may get angry. They may say something. And, and if you allow uh, just a little root, a little seed of bitterness, it will totally corrupt and poison your relationship and it would be a sad day when you have to live in a house that is poisoned because we have forgotten how to live in a spirit of, of charity and forgiveness and love toward the person that we have committed till death do us part. That means we're not supposed to kill them. <laughs> love them in spite of it. And everybody said amen. Family, as a rule, doesn't cancel each other. Uh, you know, uh, uh, moms and, 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 and children are a perfect example. A mother's love is potentially uh, maybe one of the greatest examples of the concept of just accepting someone, believing someone, even though your logical mind would say... <laughs> It might be a waste. You still love them because they're, they're a part of you. And it's, it's true for a happy marriage. If you have a happy marriage, it's going to be because you love someone 
not because they do everything they want you to do. It's because you love them in spite of their imperfections. It's true in a church family. If, if you go to church, many of you have been going to church together for a long time. And I guarantee you, every one of you, if you, you've been going to church and your family, that you hurt each other's feelings. I don't want nobody to give me no examples. Don't raise your hand. But you have offended one another. You have been offended by someone. But here you are still in the family and still going to church because you recognize this person, if, if the good this person brings me far outweighs a little bit of heartache and, and turmoil they brought me. Amen. I, I, I believe there's something we have to recognize. We need to learn how to celebrate the good things because if you celebrate the good things, when the bad things, the negative things, the controversial things, the conflict things come, it will help us to deal with that in a little better way. Amen. Somebody say, I love you. I love that is powerful. When you can look at someone that has been good to you and bless you and say, I love you. Love, love is, a, is a divine characteristic that we all have the capability of, but there is a part of love that only comes from God. God, love is perfect. In fact, it's not just God's love. God is love. He is inseparable from the characteristic God is love. There are other things. God is truth. How can, how can truth and love dwell in the same being? Well, He's God. Somebody said amen. amen. Because truth, <laughs> truth sometimes may seem to be a conflict with love. But that's why the scripture says, speak the truth in, in love. The, the fundamental element. Christianity has many associated virtues. Faith is a required virtue of Christianity. But I would say to you that the fundamental, if you were to break it down, the one thing that you must be sure you have, you can have all kinds of stuff, and you have that, uh, it, 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 it's not enough. The one fundamental virtue as a believer is, is if you don't love, all that other stuff don't amount to a hill of beans. What did Paul say? Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I have become a sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. That doesn't mean I don't believe in speaking in tongues. I might speak in tongues more than y'all. I believe in it. I celebrate it as a devotional prayer language. I believe in it as an intercessory prayer language. I celebrate it as a gift of the Spirit. I believe in speaking in tongues. It would be alright with me before this service was out that we had a, a sovereign touch of the Holy Ghost and someone would allow themselves to be used by God to give out a message in tongues. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in speaking in tongues. But it doesn't matter how much you speak in tongues. If you don't have the love of God in you, you are not going to be able to function properly and do what God wants you to do because the, the primary... A component of being a believer is love. Love. I love you not because I agree with you. 
I love you not because I like everything you do. I love you because you and I have the same Savior. Uh, we have been washed by the same precious blood. You have been filled with the same precious Holy Ghost. Amen. And we have this apostolic doctrine in common. And so no matter what may come or go, Brother Dwayne, amen. We have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is through all and in you all. Amen. And so I, I, I really want to just impress that upon your mind that in this world, in this culture of cancellation, we must rise above the spirit of this day and we must not allow ourselves to be pulled into this direction where we cancel people when they offend us or do us wrong. It's human nature to do that, but I'm telling you, we have to learn as believers when it comes to the people of God, we have to exercise charity, we have to exercise forgiveness, and we have to exercise what is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is... And you know, in my observation, the, the most significant time the fruit of the Spirit is demonstrated is under pressure. That's the test. You want to know if you've got patience? Have a frustrating situation come up. You want to know if you have long-suffering? <laughs> Suffer long. You want to know how to be gentle? Deal with someone that's not bringing out the natural gentleness in you. The fruit of the Spirit is demonstrated under pressure. How do you get the juice out of a lemon? You squeeze it. How do you get the juice out of an orange? You squeeze it. How does the fruit of the Spirit come out of you? Somebody puts you under pressure and what's in you will come out of you. And when you get under pressure, what comes out of you is not the fruit of the Spirit. It's just a temperature check. It's a level check. It's a signal to you. Hey, I need to pray through. I need to get in the Spirit. I need God to touch me so that when I'm under pressure, what comes out of me is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith. Against such there is no law. Now, if you're like me, you're sitting there thinking, oh, me. It's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Because I've been under pressure, and what came out wasn't sweetness and joy. Somebody say amen. But I truly believe this, 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 this is a high standard. This is a holiness standard that the pastor can't measure out for you. This is a holiness standard that we must pursue individually because we know we have to look at ourselves in the mirror. And sometimes how we can really take our temperature is are we rejoicing that God gave us the ability to respond rightly or are we justifying while we did what we know we should have done? Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord. God, baptize me, Jesus, with the Holy Ghost. Baptize me again, Lord Jesus, with the Holy Ghost. Help me, O oh God, Lord Jesus, to, to respond and to display the fruit of the Spirit under pressure. Amen. Amen.
Uh, we must seek to have a spirit of grace toward others. I've said this before, and I know this is not a revelation, but we are very good at seeing the best in ourselves. Say that with me. We, we are very good at seeing the best in ourselves. We know all the stuff that goes on in our life. We know that Joe didn't pay us back. We know that Sally pulled out in front of us. We know that Jack uh, undermined us. We know that Judas betrayed us. <clears throat> and we have all of these legitimate, many times, justifications why we don't do like we should do. And so does everybody else. Everybody else has a reason why they didn't treat you a certain way. They all have justifications why they didn't do what they should have done. And what I'm saying to you is we need to pray the Lord would help us to have the spirit of an advocate for other people. That's what love does. Love as a way of, of thinking no evil. is not easily provoked. Everybody said love. And then you say, well, preacher, that's impossible. Of course it's impossible. I am preaching something to you you cannot do by yourself. It's a fruit of the... What is it? It's a fruit of the... It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's not a work of the flesh. It's not a discipline of your, uh, of your nature. It's not just not saying what you want to say. It is allowing the Spirit of God to, 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 to work in us. What's that song? There we go. He's still working on me to make me sing with me, what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. Help me. The sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How lovely and patient he must be. Because he's still working on me. But can I say Jesus needs someone to help him work? We have to recognize that, that not only is he the grace giver, but I am the grace giver. What's the great work Jesus did? He reconciled us to the Father. Right? He, he spoke for us. The Bible says that we have an advocate, a high priest. What is that? An advocate is like a, your defense attorney. And a defense attorney, it's a, in our Constitution, every person deserves a, 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 a defense at the law. The government will pay someone to be your attorney. And the attorney doesn't want to know whether you're guilty or not. He's going to try to figure out and look at the evidence and, and use every tool in his uh, power to get you a not guilty plea because that's his job. Well, Jesus is our advocate. And if we let him plead our case, we let him work the system, if you will. He can get us all, but we have to recognize that that's the only way any of us are going to get off. We deserve hell. We deserve death. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And any of us that make it to heaven, sweet heaven one day, it's going to be because Jesus is a really good advocate. 
It's not because I can afford it. It's not because I deserve it. It's going to be because of His precious blood. Amen. Amen. There, there, we have to recognize that we have the opportunity to be used by God to do the very opposite of what the world wants to do to them. The devil, the devil, Satan, that the enemy cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have been, I have been in places where I felt like somebody was trying to steal, kill, and destroy someone. Amen. I don't want to be the devil. Amen. You know the devil. I heard someone say one time. Uh, it was a preacher. He was. It was a prayer service, and uh, with people were repentance preachers mostly. And the preacher said, "He said, you know all those dirty, nasty things you think about yourself. He said they're true." <laughs> And many times when the devil attacks us, he doesn't attack us with lies. He, he's been around us. There's something called a familiar spirit. It means they know you. Amen. I believe the enemy knows our fault failures. But many times the devil ignores or he chooses not to recognize that, that Jesus has forgiven us for our failures. He has redeemed us of our sins. And though there are some things that used to be true, Paul said, and such were some of you, but you've been washed, you've been sanctified. Amen. I'm thankful today I'm not what I used to be. I'm not what I could have been. But I, by the grace of God, He has baptized me, has sanctified me, has justified me, and He has put inside of me not just something that can help me. He's put in something, something inside of me. He can use me to encourage, to uplift, to, to uphold, to pray for, to intercede, to witness. The Bible says we have been given the word of reconciliation. Everybody say, I, I have the word of reconciliation. What Jesus did to reconcile us, He has given us, Brother uh, Dwayne, the good news that He didn't just die for my sins. He died for Brother Hayes' brother. I was looking back there this past Sunday and from here without my glasses on it's like two Brother Hayes. One with a beard and one without a beard. But he, the Lord died for His whole family. He didn't just die for Ron Phillips. He died for his whole family. He didn't just die for Gloria Barnett. He died for her whole family. He has not just reconciled us. He has given us the word of reconciliation. You know, the first Christian martyr, his name was Stephen. The Bible tells us that, that they, those that Stephen had been sent to give the word of reconciliation. He had been given the spirit of ministry to preach and, and help. He had been sent there to see their souls saved. They rose up and they took stones and they stoned him. And the last words, uh, uh, some of the last words that came from his mouth, as he is feeling the, the bombardment of stones, as he is bleeding and about to breathe his last. His words in prayer to the Lord Jesus Christ said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And he died. That's, that's ridiculous. 
They just killed you. And you don't want God to judge them for that? That is the spirit of the believer. That is the fruit of the spirit that we can see past the person. We can, we can feel past the stone and we can feel the burden of the Lord. God, don't hold this to their charge. You say, I can't do that. Of course you can't do that. We are able to love through the Spirit of God and we are able to forgive because the Spirit of God, because the grace that comes to us is the grace that comes through us. Amen. Amen. And it's no wonder, potentially the first real living witness that Saul, who became Paul Saul, was Stephen under pressure. And under pressure, the Spirit of the Lord just, it just flowed. It flowed love. Luke 10 and 19 says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. But wait, we just heard about Stephen who died. I would say to you, the scripture is not talking about serpents and scorpions. It's talking about things that possess the poison that could kill you and destroy your soul. And I believe sometimes the devil will use men and women to be serpents and scorpions and they will bite you and they will sting you and they will try to embitter you. But I'm telling you today that through the power of the Holy Ghost, nothing shall by any means hurt you. The scripture says they that love the law, nothing shall by any means offend them. I, these are high ideals. These are things I cannot do on my own. But this morning, we need to figure out what we're going to cancel. I'm not going to cancel the person. I'm not going to cancel the relationship. I am going to, I'm going to cancel the, the, the offense they've made to me. I'm going to cancel the reason why I should be offended. I'm going to cancel uh, all the things that they could have done and they didn't do. And I am going to pray in, in the Christ, in the stead of Jesus Christ, and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Have mercy upon them. Hold this not to their charge. Lord God, I pray they would be reconciled. I pray they would be redeemed. I pray they would be delivered in the name of Jesus Christ. I will not, I will not allow my mind, my heart, my mouth to participate in the culture of the cancellation of individuals. Somebody said amen. 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 My final text, I have others, but my final text is Luke 15. Luke 15, Jesus said, and a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a portion of goods Falleth to me. And he, the Father, divided unto them his living. I don't know, what would you do if your son, daughter, came to you, Brother Dwayne, and said, Hey, I want half my stuff. I know you're not going to die for 40 years, but I'd like those four wheelers. I'd like to sell that shed. And uh, I want one of those cars. And just says, Give it to me. 
<laughs> so I, I don't understand this. But this is what Jesus said. There was a certain man who had two sons and one of them asked for his stuff and the father gave him his stuff. I believe that's a picture that we as individuals are very blessed by God. And whether we're in the father's house or outside of the father's house, we have the father. We have the blessings of the father even when we're not in the father's house. Sinners out there have blessings. Amen? Blessing of mind, blessing of intellect, blessing of breath, blessing of health. And some of them have a quasi-relationship with the Lord. I think I can make a point that God speaks more to the sinner than He does the saint. Because He loves them. His hand is ever stretched toward them. He talked to Cain three times, then talked to, to Abel Lenny. So, anyway... Jesus loves people. Just because God talks to people don't mean they're saved. Many times people think because God talks to them that means they're saved, but that don't mean they're right. God's trying to get them right. Somebody said amen. amen. So he went out and he sold all that he had. And uh, verse 13, in not many days, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, everybody say all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and began to be in want. And he would have, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. You know, what a blessing it was that somebody said no. You know, sometimes the gift you can give someone is to say no. Sometimes we're busy bailing people out of their trouble when we need to let them stink in their own stink so they learn their lesson. Amen. That's free. I've had to learn that myself. I had the Lord tell me just a, a few months ago I was about to do something and the Lord said no. Amen. No man helped him. Somebody say thank God. Because if somebody had helped him, he might have just a, might have, it might have been a, 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 a he might have a stayed in that foreign country too long. And verse seventeen, and when and when he came to himself, he said, "How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger?" He had a revelation. My servants, my father's servants, got it better than I do. I will arise. And go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he, everybody said the prodigal, arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now listen to the words of the son. The son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy sons. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and put shoes on his feet and bring him to the fatted cat and kill it and let us eat and be merry. 
For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Amen. The Lord will forgive anyone that will repent. There is a sin that is a sin that cannot be forgiven. It is the sin of blasphemy. And it is my opinion, no one will ever repent of that. Because once they've done it, they can't repent. Repentance is a gift from God. If you feel bad for what you, you've done, you haven't blasphemed. Because you won't feel... The Bible says it's the goodness of the Lord that leads thee to repentance. If you can't be forgiven, the Lord will bring conviction on you so that you can ask for God to forgive you. I believe a person that has blasphemed the Holy Ghost, they won't ever feel bad about it again. They are, there's no more goodness. They're gone. It does happen. It's very rare. Most people that think they blaspheme, it's just the harassing devil trying to torment their mind and tell them God won't forgive them. He does forgive people. If you'll ask God to forgive you, He is faithful and just to do it. So, so here you got this picture. This boy has went and wasted half his father's stuff. He has went and defamed the family. He has made a fool out of himself. And he is a total failure. I think it's interesting. The father didn't go dig him out of the, out of the, the pig pen. The father didn't go uh, look for him. We know that the shepherd went and looked for the lost sheep. But the father didn't go look for the prodigal son. Why? Because it's different. And here the prodigal comes back and repents. He didn't want a thing. He wasn't looking for his room back. He just wanted to stay uh, down there with the servants where he could work and eat, eat something. Right? And the Bible tells us that, that the father restored him to a place of sonship. While all this is going on, the elder son is out there working. The elder son didn't see didn't hear his repentance. The elder son didn't see his father's love. The elder son was just out there doing the best he knew how, doing what he did. And his father comes to see him, and then I guess he stops working, and he hears something going on. It's like, what's all this going on? And the father says, your, your brother is back. The, the, the elder son says, you're having a party? Don't you know what he did to you? Don't you know how he made you look? Don't you see the great waste he made? And the father said, this is my son. Everybody said, love. This is my son. He was dead and he's alive. He, was, he is lost and now he's found. And it is proper for us to celebrate this miracle of reconciliation. And the elder son said, but father, I've been here all this time and you've never thrown me a party. You know, there's a lot of times we labor in the father's house with a poverty mentality and don't understand that we can have joy all the days that we're at the father's house. We don't have to simply labor. We can labor and rejoice. We can live in joy and peace and know the Father's love. You ain't got to go out to know the Father's love. He didn't even really know His Father, it seems. And how many people are in the Father's house don't really know the Father? Don't know His motivation. Don't know His heart. Don't know what the Father would do. Seems like anybody that knows God would know how God is. That, look, look, at, look at Jonah. The Lord said to Jonah, Jonah, 
I want you to go to Nineveh and preach to them destruction, judgment. Jonah didn't want anything to do with that. Why? Because Jonah knew if I go preach to those people, God's going to, they're going to repent and God's going to forgive them. I don't want them forgiven. I want them to fry. I want them to die. I want them to be judged. And the best way they can be judged is I ain't going to have nothing to do with it. Right. He finally goes. What happens? He doesn't preach repentance. Jonah doesn't preach repentance. Jonah preaches judgment. And what do they do? A preacher that doesn't preach repentance gets repentance. Why? Because they perceive this was truly the judgment of God. And the book of Jonah ends and he's mad. Why? Because he's mad that, that the Lord forgave the Ninevites. And how many believers today, they don't want to see God's mercy happen in the lives of those that have done them wrong. Don't be like Jonah and your book end with you mad. You better learn how to pray the spirit of intercession because it is the spirit of intercession that won't just save your enemies. It may very well save you. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. I, I, I'm done. Amen. I'm so thankful today that the Lord loves me. It is but by the grace of God that I have anything. Everything in my life is a picture of God's long-suffering and His mercy. I, I, it's not my works lest I would post, but I stand here today because God has been long-suffering the Bible says the long-suffering of the Lord is our salvation. How many of you feel that way today? Amen. There's some days that I've lived. If the Lord would have let me die in a car wreck, I wouldn't have went to heaven. There have been some weeks in my life. If the Lord would have let me fall down the stairs and die. Amen. I might not have made it, but by the mercy and the grace of God, His hand is ever reaching. And there are people, amen, that, that, that I want to see God send a word of reconciliation. And like the prophet Isaiah, Lord, send me. I want to be the one that brings them a word of reconciliation. I want to pray the word that, that brings the door open to them. I want to pray conviction into their life. I want to intercede mercy in their life. I want to see God give them another day. I want to be the, 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 the farmer that digs around the tree a little more. I want God to help me not see people canceled, but to see them accepted and approved and favored by God. Because the worst kind of cancellation that you'll find is in the Bible. When Jesus Christ said to them, Repent, lest I blot your name out of the book of life.